0: Thank you for listening to the Cloverleaf Radio Network where you can find shows such as the Hollywood Connection, Cloverleaf Radio, Night Moves Radio, and Soul Stories. You can find us on Facebook under the Cloverleaf Radio Network. We broadcast on Anchor, Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and many more. Tune in anytime during the week. We post our links. You can listen on your own time, on your own day, anytime you want. We provide you with new material every week. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. The night has come. A pale moon shines below, and the stars are twinkling lights. It must be time for Night Moose Radio. We'll be moving to the brewing music, getting lost in the words and the entrance by timeless art. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in. We're glad that you've come to listen. Welcome to another episode of Night Moves Radio. Tonight we are talking to Emily Hockaday and Jackie Sherbo. Um, They co-edited a novel, Terror at the Crossroads, Tales of Horror, Delusion, and the Unknown. And we are also here with my co-host, Josh.
1: Hello.
0: You've got to say hello a little louder. Hello. (laughs) And then we also have Emily and Jackie here. Welcome to our Night Moves Radio show, you two.
2: Hi there. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Oh,
0: you're welcome. And I appreciated you reaching out to us over at Cherry House Press. So that was really awesome. Yeah, it's,
3: it's great that you're out there. And um, we saw the post
0: we made about wanting to put a podcast, so it all worked out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Um, so you guys said you um, co-edited. A book, Terror at the Crossroads Um, Is it like a Kind of a book with a bunch of different short stories In it?
2: Yes, that's exactly what it is Um Jackie and I work for uh, Four short fiction magazines Mm -hmm. Um That do like pulp style fiction I work for two science fiction magazines And she works for two mystery fiction magazines
3: Right So we kind of work alongside each other And we're also friends So we were kind of always sharing what stories we liked and we noticed that a lot of them could kind of fit into the horror genre so that's when we decided to try to put together this uh anthology with stories from all four of the different titles.
0: Awesome that's great um where did you guys get the ideas for your short stories?
2: Previously in the fiction magazines we work for so I work for Asimov's Science Fiction Magazine and Analog Science Fiction and Fact. Yeah, and I work for Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine and Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine. So
3: each of the... I would say that, like, for the Mystery Magazines, both of them kind of try to have all different sorts of, like, mystery and crime stories, and, like, sometimes that does go into, like, even science fiction or fantasy and often horror. And then I think that the... Two different science fiction magazines kind of have different, like, purviews as well. Um, And then they all kind of, like, intersected with
2: these stories that we thought could be defined as horror stories as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So the horror was sort of, like, the crossover between all four magazines. And it was, like, a fun way to work on a project together at work. And um, the people that we worked with went for it. And (laughs) so thus the anthology was born.
0: Wow. So there's nice. other authors on here too. So are all these are are all of these authors from like the magazines that you guys work at?
3: Yeah. yeah. So these are all the stories that like were originally in the um in
2: the magazine. I think and they were all published in like the past decade or so. Okay. Cool. I, yeah. I don't think there's anything older than ten years in there. Right. I
1: think I think you're right. Now
2: yeah, you so, mean- I mean these authors um
3: you know, write continually for the magazines. Some of them, I think, probably most of them have been in them at least a couple of times. Some authors write for all four fiction magazines very rarely, but like that does happen. Yeah, there time. are some
2: authors that write for all um, of them.
3: Yeah, but uh, so yeah, these folks. It just this is the group that we ended up with trying to find like a a lot of different types of stories that could be yeah. seen as horror.
1: Hmm. Now you mentioned you know, um. Yeah. Pulp uh, fiction, um, I, you guys probably are aware that Pulp is making a big comeback right now.
2: Is it? That is very good to hear. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, it's yeah. really...
3: I, mean, I do see a lot of, like, resurgences of short story magazines like, popping up here and there, which is encouraging. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I mean, we're always like everyone should be into this. Why wouldn't you be it's like a, a light little digestized magazine that you can throw in your bag and carry wherever you go. And you can always read these amazing stories, but a lot of people are, don't realize that the magazines still exist or things like that. So yeah, um, yeah. it's cool to think about where it's
0: going. Yeah. It's cool. So how long yeah. have all you guys been writing for these magazines that you write for? Is this like a full-time job that you guys do? And how did you get started?
2: Actually, we edit the magazine. Uh-huh. Yeah, so
3: we've both been working there uh, at this company for like, like a like I think I've been there for like ten years, mm-hmm. and, and then I'm coming yeah. up on nine years. So we've been there a while. We mm-hmm. both started off as like the general like assistant to everyone, kind of in the office, mm-hmm. and then found our way to. We knew each other before as well. Like,
2: yeah, we knew each other. We in had already known each other, so it, it just all worked out that we were working together um, That's as well. Nice. Yeah. But now we're both, like, managing editor for the titles we work on. Wow. Yeah.
0: So you guys and really moved worked. up in the last 10 years from assistant to, like, managing editor.
2: <laughs> we, were, we were very lucky. And, <laughs> yeah. and we love our job and work hard, too, of course. But, like, yeah. there was definitely, like, luck involved just so happened that, you know, yeah. things moved that way for us. Yeah.
3: This, putting this anthology was like a very cool thing to be able to do it yeah. came out last year like uh, around Halloween time mm-hmm. and it's, it's just a digital anthology so like it's all online so that's that's interesting too since like I always feel like we're the only it's like when you work in print publishing it's like a smaller and smaller group so mm-hmm. um, the, to work on the digital anthology was interesting too because it was
2: it's kind of different, yeah. Yeah. Than anything else.
0: So, did you guys use like the Kindle Create software to create your the version for Kindle? Then
2: we
3: actually have like we do our magazines also have digital editions. So we have like our typesetting team that does typesetting for print, also and our web team. Like the company has like an in house group of folks oh, who awesome. Got it ready, and then like they sent it to a conversion house, I think. Yeah, I think they use a conversion house for the
2: conversion. Yeah, I'm not Hmm. sure exactly what it all like starts in Quark. So we use like pretty old, I think. Oh, you guys use Quark technologies for magazine layout? Did you guys say you
0: use Quark?
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I
0: used that back when I went to college to do our (laughs) newspaper.
2: It's an old one, yeah. I think our company just got so used to it, you know? Uh-huh.
0: I mean, I don't know. Has there been any updates? Because, like, I graduated Lakeland College in my area, like, in 2003 or 2002 or something like that. And we were using Quirk for the newspaper. Yeah, that's really funny. I, I We are, like, on Quark 9
3: now. And then like, uh-huh. that was intense. When we yeah. <laughs> it oh, my gosh. Switch.
0: There was a lot of IT involved. But,
3: there. like, you <laughs> can tell that it's, like, old-fashioned. Like, yeah. it feels very much like it doesn't work quite the way it should, but, like, you know all the shortcuts to get around the yeah. way it should work. Yeah. Should used to it now. Wow. <laughs> so funny. what operating system
0: do you use that it still works with? Just,
3: like, iOS. Like, I'm not sure. Oh. We have
2: um, Mac. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that yeah, Wow, <laughs>
0: okay. that's that's kind no, of amazing.
2: <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, very retro. I, know. <laughs> well, I mean, cork <laughs> updates every
3: year. It's still, yeah.
0: Well, that's good.
3: Yeah, but I would I would guess if you looked at it, you would think it looks familiar. From your oh day yeah, day. totally. Sure.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> what we used for our newspaper layout, <laughs> and we hated yeah. it. <laughs>
3: We're always complaining about it. Oh, yeah. like, I like lovingly complaining yeah. about it, though. <laughs> exactly. But it's funny that you used it, because I feel like no one ever knows. They're always like, we use InDesign, or like, We're not, we live in 2019,
2: and we don't use Quark. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, in a way, though, if you guys do, like, mysteries and kind of, like, horror, though, it kind of fits what you're writing. So it gives yeah. it, like, a retro feel. So, I mean, it kind of fits, though that's
3: true let's go with that yeah. and with the science fiction we can say that it's yeah like Time travel. yeah
2: <laughs>
0: yeah so I mean it, it does yeah. kind of fit what you're doing so I mean that's what you can say you're just doing it retro yeah there we go <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna
2: use that just, you know, you know. <laughs> oh man uh,
3: but yeah it's funny that it starts in that and then it ends up like on the kindle and the nook like it's
2: it's on Barnes and Noble too uh-huh. and Google Play. Yeah, awesome. I think it's on most of the, yeah,
0: yeah. platforms. Well, see, I guess that's cool when you don't have to be, I guess, attached to the Amazon, you know, platform because then you can make it available to those other ones. Because there's certain things if you stay with Amazon Kindle, like then you can't have it on other platforms and it has to just stay on like Amazon. Okay. Uh, okay. So well, I mean, it, I mean, it on some
1: is? some things. Yeah, but some things, not all. but not
0: all of them. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's that kind of cool. It gives you guys a little bit more freedom.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm guessing they make it easy to like work with them that way. Like, if you're if we were if I was doing it myself, like I wouldn't have any clue how to do it. So like I probably would just use whatever. Yeah. Gave. but luckily we have people who, do,
2: who work. Yeah, that's children. awesome. Us that mean, yeah. That's yeah. why you have a yeah, tech department, right? you To the department <laughs> for all of the help that they gave us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of a tech nerd, and it's kind of like what I went to school for years ago. I mean, truly, it probably needs updated, but I'm always teaching myself stuff. And so, oh, cool. since I'm the administrative yeah. assistant at the church, like usually everyone asks me stuff, but the pastor likes Apple, so he's always using Apple. <laughs> so, you
3: have to like go between the different, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: like I'm that. a Google person, Android, and he's the Mac Apple guy.
3: Oh gosh, <laughs> That's the, quite the tension there. Yeah. <laughs> so That's what I'm all your bases covered.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So Josh, yeah. do you have
1: questions for them? Um. Well, uh, what, what, um, uh, would be the, what has been the most rewarding part of your your job that you have?
3: um working on the anthology or just our in general i think in general working at the magazines like we're honored to work for them i mean not to speak on behalf of emily she can answer separately but they've been around for so long and like are kind of still picking like there's a huge history people really respect the the titles and kind of grew up like reading them or their their parents did or their grandparents did or their you know, grandparents contributed to the magazines years and years ago, so there's lots of a personal attachment to them, so it's kind of like and it's kind of like an honor to be able to like herald these things into the present day mm-hmm. kind of help move things along and keep, try to keep them relevant and keep them, help keep them alive
2: and keep the quality up there and things like that. Um, I think for me, that would be it. Yeah, before hmm. I answer, I want to shout out the titles that Jackie works for because I don't think they were oh, said. Yet. She works okay. for Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine and Ellery Queen <laughs> Mystery
0: Magazine. I I still I'm trying to hear the second one. I heard the
1: Ellery Alfred Hitchcock Queen. Ellery Queen. I guess yeah, it's a, I like know. a top top mystery magazine. Oh, one okay. of the big mystery Oh, magazine. wow. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but, I've heard all about like
0: Alfred Jeffy Hitchcock, said. so, you know, but I guess the other okay, one I yeah. haven't That's the
1: name
2: right. Genial.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, just awesome.
2: To answer, I do feel like very grateful to be working on these like kind of historic magazines. Um Analog is celebrating its 90th anniversary wow. this year, the January, February 2020 issue, which is like, you know, a big deal. It was published originally as Astounding in 1930, but it I think it's the longest running science. I mean, I don't think, I know, it is definitely the longest running science fiction magazine and publication, and it is, yeah, it's a huge honor to be working on something with so much history, and Asimov's science fiction also has, like, a great history, too, and honestly, like, we just get to read great fiction for work, that's, like, probably my favorite part of the job, it's just, like, reading stories by really talented, cutting-edge science fiction and fantasy writers getting to, like... Clean them up. Um, we're lucky in our jobs that we don't have we don't read the slush The editors in chief of the magazines do. So we mm-hmm. only see stories that are like high high quality that the editors already know that they're gonna buy. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: it was just it's pretty it's a fun really a fun job. I feel yeah. super grateful and like we get to go out and meet the authors and you know and that's fun too. Yeah, it's it is really fun. And I think
3: well we could we could not confirm this, but I I think that this anthology that we did is the first time all four magazines had an anthology together. I think so too. Like the two science fiction ones had and the two mystery ones that had things together. Oh, that was a plane flying over my apartment in case you, in case you heard.
0: Oh, no. I didn't.
3: <laughs> okay, Now, of course, I had to bring it up. So. But, um, yeah, so that was exciting to kind of tie the magazines together in a way, just because we were in the position to do so. Yeah, and, so, and it
2: was like a fun excuse to go back and look at like our favorite old favorite stories that you know like when we decided to do a horror anthology like immediately there were like at least four stories that i knew that i was gonna put in it i was like i have been dying for an excuse to really you know take another look at these stories yeah i'm sure there was something that, that way too jackie
3: yeah yeah i did and then there were also ones that i that i kind of never would have thought of you know on at the spur of the moment but then thinking about it i thought oh this story would really work or this one really speaks to this other story even across the genres and mm-hmm. so it just kind of
0: was fun to put it together in that way huh. how long did it take for you guys to put the anthology together
2: it was pretty quick i, I what like six months in total from conception yeah. wow. to sales i think so yeah. it was about six months yeah well i mean what about sure. like the
0: stories in it i mean how long were, has everybody been working on all their stories that they put in it
2: oh the stories um these are all ones that were published originally in the four fiction magazines. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I think okay. that they were over the past 10 years. Gotcha. They yeah. Published, but getting the reprint rights, like we already had them because okay. our original contract usually includes that. So oh,
0: like, good. Okay. We
2: just tell them, you know, we're going to reprint it. Here's a check. Thank you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually all the authors, most
3: of them were like really willing to help us with promoting the magazine of the anthology and people were excited and also like surprised to hear that we wanted to put their story in a horror anthology some of them just thought oh i never would have thought of my story that way and but, mm-hmm. it, but it
0: kind of fits so that's cool Oh, so that that's neat you guys took in like previous stories and you know that you had from all these magazines and then put it into an anthology and then you kind of probably found ways that the story somewhat maybe connected or followed along with each other i'm guessing
2: yeah there were a lot of like parallels and echoes between the stories that we were surprised to see yeah it was a really nice surprise working on it and seeing
3: everything fall into place and seeing all these connections that we hadn't planned on making necessarily um that's cool but yeah the pieces really spoke to each other and I feel I mean everyone kind of connects a lot of people who enjoy horror like kind of connect to it I think for a lot of the same reasons and I think that um Right now, that genre is speaking to people. So mm-hmm. it was
2: kind of a good time to jump into it. Yeah. For right Yeah, now. timely. I feel like horror is definitely in a resurgence.
0: So what about the magazine companies? How did they feel about the anthology? Are they pretty happy about it?
2: Yeah, they were very supportive of us doing it. Like, we didn't have any trouble getting approval to do it. Um, yeah. We yeah, just, yeah. like, had to yeah. email some upper bosses and mm-hmm. talk to the digital team and say hey does this sound like a project you guys want to work on and and everyone was you know very enthusiastic like yeah let's go for it so yeah yeah
3: and it, it'll be interesting because I think it is one of those things where they don't really know you know it, it could be in 10 years someone might buy it, they'll we don't really know like what the sales will be mm-hmm. or like what the effect that will have but it's um, kind of like a wait and see.
0: Thing, so did you just kind of like put it out there? Or are you like taking advantage of like, I don't know, like Facebook ads or Amazon ads or to try to like get yeah, it out there?
3: We, we have looked into that. We haven't done any of the paid ads. Um, we did do a online, like a a digital launch party when we launched. So uh-huh. that, I think that that was that was really fun, first of all. It was a lot, though. We were so tired at the end it was of the day. a lot day. of horrors, yeah. <laughs> uh, we were just on Twitter all day, and then I realized, like, folks who work in social media must be tired all the time. Yeah, it was somebody. very tiring. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a lot of um, authors contribute little interviews, readings, like, they did some AMAs, they took photos they sent us pictures of themselves in Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. Like, we kind of like just put all this up there for one, like over the course of a day when we launched
2: it. Oh um, yeah. We did giveaways like authors who were in the anthology, a few of them donated novels and mm-hmm. gave those books away and like Twitter giveaways and stuff. And that, that's been helping, helpful too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've mostly been using like social media, um, and that's
1: pretty
2: much it. Yeah, we yeah. try to connect to the other other magazines accounts, but um we kind of just like let it out in the world and then. <laughs> Yeah, so we can be from at Ares Press. That's our uh yeah good Twitter handle. Good, good cop. Mm-hmm.
1: Good cop. <laughs> well speaking of horror, um what are uh, I'm just curious, um, from each of you, what is like the the most uh Terrifying horror story you've ever read that really stayed with you, that really haunted you. Uh,
3: well, I guess my like most formative experiences of horror were probably movies. Um, lately, one of the ones that really affected me a lot was um this book called *The Changeling* by Victor LaVal. Um, it wasn't like Scary in the sense that I was, like, scared. It wasn't like I was, like, looking around every corner, but it was just this, like, overwhelming sense of, like, unease that I felt reading it, and it kind of, I couldn't, like, act normally. Like, I couldn't relax while I was reading it. Um, (laughs) Another story that really weirded me out over the last year was this story that was originally, I think, in The New Yorker by Lauren Groff called The Midnight Zone, and that's, like, a very
2: disturbing story as well. Oh, yeah, that one is horrifying. Yeah,
3: yeah. Hmm. Um, I guess those like would be some recent ones
2: that really freaked me out. <laughs> For me, the my first foray into horror, it, which is probably similar to people my age, was that book "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark."
0: Oh yeah, yeah. those yeah. Um,
2: and my, my siblings and I were obsessed <laughs> with it mm-hmm. and read it constantly um and i think there's a story in there about like naughty children whose mother threatening to abandon them and she's gonna like send them like an evil robot mom if they don't behave and that story traumatized me oh wow about that story that one like <laughs> did so scary i feel like that was my real first yeah first, like, step into horror. Yeah, yeah I think know. I
0: read um, some of those.
2: My sister, read that to her. Like, I, used, I
3: was a little bit older, and I used to just, like, try to terrify her and make up all these oh, scary things. With it. I, they're making that into a TV show, I think. Oh, um, no, scary. I <laughs> shouldn't watch it. I'm God. gonna have, like, PTSD
2: if I try to watch it. <laughs> yeah, but then, like, as a teen, I think I, pretty typical, you know, Stephen King, Richard Matheson, you know, all all that. I definitely Mm -hmm. like Children of the Corn was as scary as, you know, (laughs) as we all find it to be for me.
0: Did you ever get into, like, the old horror, like, say, like, Edgar Allan Poe?
3: Yeah, I I definitely had a big Edgar Allan Poe face, for sure, and he's also, like, considered to be the, like, creator of the American Detective short story, Mm -hmm. so, like, I still feel pretty connected to his work, so um i used to yeah i mean i would like try to memorize those poems as a kid and just like try to be as spooky as possible um and kind of like i i have kind of a collection of ghost stories and like folk tales from different cultures So like i would try to just read ghost stories of various kinds Mm -hmm.
1: too and then there Um, there of course is also the classics by of course like h.p lovecraft and Arthur Machen yeah. and Robert E. Howard and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I had a
3: like Lovecraft phase. Like, I can't say that it can, I connect very much with with his work now. Um, but I feel like, yeah, that like angsty team was like trying to read up on <laughs> this. Um, there's like a
2: lot of classic. Uh, horror out there that mm. I feel like is a building block of all of them. Yeah, I mean Lovecraft is pretty. You can't every piece of horror written since him has has roots in in his mm-hmm. writing for
0: sure. I think some of the classic stuff sometimes is better. I mean, there are some good present day horror writers, but sometimes I think there's other writers who they think when you hear horror, like everything has to be like a slasher and like blood and all that, and then you can't really yeah, call awesome. that horror. That they, they get kind of like. I don't know, it's not really... They get too much into, like, just the the blood and the killing, and then they want to call it horror. So that's why sometimes it's horror good.
3: Horror movies that I feel like we kind of... I always joke that, like, I feel like there was, like, the Thaw era, and, like, I feel like we're finally getting out of that. Thank God. <laughs> ten years later?
2: Yeah. Like, there yeah. really good horror movies yeah. happening right now. Yeah. We're in a horror movie renaissance, for sure. But,
3: yeah, like, I got so tired of just, like, the... Yeah, just, like, the... Yeah, like the slashing mm-hmm. and the... Yeah. You're weirdly being punished for something. Figure it mm-hmm. out. <laughs> like yeah. that whole just like shock about you.
0: Yeah.
1: What was that movie we saw recently that had the... Uh, that new newer horror movie and the, there's that that guy that's making the the sequel. Not the sequel, but... Uh, supposed to be... He makes really messed up horror movies. I forget mm. what it... What's the name know. of the new horror movie that's coming out that's supposed to be really messed up that your dad talked about? That we oh
0: about. yeah, shoot, was he the one who wrote the, the, about the Jane Doe one or no?
1: No, no, it wasn't no, no. Jane Doe. It was um um the the remember the movie we saw about the woman that the the old grandma yeah. had the yeah what was that yeah like
0: that. I know was it on Hulu? Radio?
1: Oh yeah, hereditary. Yeah, hereditary. Yeah.
2: Yeah, midsummer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, midsummer. That's
2: hereditary together, together and we were just like dying the whole time. Yeah, that is like a beautiful piece of film. I yeah, I feel like that is just such a successful horror
1: movie. Well, see if they'd make more horror movies like that and go into that vein like that. Then horror would be really successful i mean it would
2: yeah, creator and jordan peele out there i feel like there is a lot of really cool new stuff happening in horror mm-hmm. yeah i hope so too
3: um yeah i haven't seen the new one that new one though I, I also heard that it was really messed up but i don't know why and i don't really want to like I'm like, do I want to know? I want to. See it. I want to see. It. I do want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Come
1: on, let your morbid sense of curiosity take over. <laughs> I don't know. I got scared. <laughs>
2: scared but... And I think it was what was so fascinating about it is that it's all like in the bright sunlight. Yeah. Right. Horror movies like operate in the dark, and they use that um mm-hmm. as like a a way of like glossing over what might otherwise be seen as like cheesy or like just for. Scares, you know. Mm -hmm. So something like in the bright sun is like bold, yeah. And it has to really hold up and be really, really scary to work,
0: you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And while back we saw this movie. It was like the uh, was it the Autopsy of Jane Doe? Yeah,
1: Autopsy of Jane Doe. That was freaky
0: to me. That was messed um, up. One, so. Yeah, we found it on, was it Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, we were just we looking won't for more. anything away, but it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty. freaking scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, pr- it's pretty. Would it's messed have- up. <laughs> Did
3: you have to watch something funny afterwards? To not I needed to, like, out? get
0: on Pluto okay. and probably watch, like, the cute kitty cat videos.
1: Yeah, she always has to watch her kitty cat videos after watching <laughs> the scary
0: movie, so that I can go to sleep. Because we yeah. always end up watching them at night, so I've got to watch some cute kittens
3: afterward. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, that was thing we tried to think about in our um, in a, this anthology because, well, first of all, the um, magazines don't really have like gratuitous violence, things like that, in them. Just uh, kind of their own like styles are have just always been that way um but we tried to like be aware that someone reading this like might be a mystery or a science fiction fan not necessarily a horror fan so we do have like a, a piece that's satire like some pieces that are a little bit lighter like some pieces like aren't even necessarily that scary like they just happen to have a werewolf in them or something mm-hmm. like that so it kind of runs the gamut of things, because I feel like we were trying to be aware of that balance. Yeah, I
2: think we only have one piece that could be classified as a slasher, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not at all a typical slasher mm-hmm. by any means. Yeah. Um, and I was glad to get one in there like that, too, because we wanted the anthology to be well-rounded and have a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and since it's, like, so offbeat, it's actually, it's one of the science fiction stories um, and it's a story that first appeared in Analog, and what makes Analog unique is that there always has to be a science element to it, and it's always, like, hard science fiction, so it's, like, plausible science. Um, so that's, like, an interesting combination, having yeah. this story with, like, a really, like, strong science element and tying it together, and then also sort of a slaughter.
3: Yeah, it is interesting. And It also
2: makes it spookier because it's like it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's I've always,
1: <laughs> I've always found that some of the most impressive horror stories are the well, really the most impressive horror stories to me are the ones that can scare the pants off of you without a drop of blood being spilled in the story.
3: Yeah. I think in general, like subtlety for me personally is really important in a horror story. Mm -hmm. I want it to be almost like the suggestion of something, and then for me to almost be afraid that that's where my mind took it. Like for me, that's like part of what is powerful about horror. Yeah. So I
2: definitely agree with you there. We have a few in the anthology that would fall under that umbrella where it's like a suggestion of. Right.
1: horror and part of what's so scary
0: is not knowing exactly like what happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've hit the th- our 30-minute mark. I'm um, just, you know, we, we don't uh, – I didn't know. Is there anything else you guys want to mention about your anthology or uh, that you want to tell our uh, listeners or –
3: Um, I don't think so. Just I guess that um, you can find us at Eris Press. It's E-R-I-S P-R-E-S-S on Twitter and the links to everything um, is
2: there. Everything is there. And mm-hmm. the anthology is available um, at Barnes & Noble and Amazon and Google Play and it's uh, Terror at the Crossroads.
0: Awesome.
2: Uh, yeah, thanks so much for having us. This was a really Thank fun Thank you so
3: much. much. It's been
1: a pleasure talking yeah, to
0: you. I, I, I've loved talking to you guys and I loved uh, reminiscing about Quirk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Keep Quark alive. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you guys have a good um, night, okay?
2: Huh. Um, I
3: think we, we missed what you said for a second. I, I said I said uh, you
0: guys. I said it was good. I said good talking to you. I said um, you guys have a good night. I'm sorry.
2: Thanks.
0: You too. You thanks too. So You're welcome. You. you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Night Moves Radio. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye-bye.
1: Goodbye.